expected to fill my head with catchy phrases like you are what you eat and your body is a temple in which case it means I am a church made of deep fried hamburger full of worshippers who daily bow to the big oil vat and constantly chant would you like fries with that? Next week I am meeting with a personal trainer who henceforth shall be called Crusher, so named because I am sure she will crush my desire to eat junk food, crush my overwhelming urge to drive up to the end of my street to get milk, and therefore crush my will to live. In fitness terms, that translates to running me through a range of exercises I will promise to do, and won't, giving me tips on food I will swear to eat, and won't, and inspire me to be a size 12 before my next birthday, which I won't. I have no idea whether or not I will be successful. I am terrified of either outcome because, as an actress, I will have no excuse for not getting work. And what if I get thin and still can't get a boyfriend? Who will I blame then? What if, at the end of eight months, I am bigger than I already am? Well, that's what's usually happened. I am not new to this diet, sorry, alfalfa zone thing. These are just some of the diets I have tried. Jenny Craig was very successful initially. In the first week, I lost two, maybe $300. My wallet was at least two kilos lighter. I called it my cat food diet because I was always opening a tin or a package to eat. There's nothing as romantic as a dinner for two when your boyfriend's eating the lamb roast you just cooked and you're heating up a tin of tuna. He's on his second case of beer and you're drinking a diet shake. I did actually lose a lot of weight on that one, but as soon as I went off it, the fat came thundering back to my thighs. One of my actress friends told me about the eat right for your type diet. Not sure what my type was, I thought about the type of guys I liked. Big, gorgeous black men with really big bank accounts. So my type was rich, big and black. Therefore, I concluded I would simply have to eat chocolate mud cake, choc chip cookies and lint dark chocolate balls. And before I knew it, I'd be sleeping with the man of my dreams. Not so, it would seem. Apparently, this is eating the right type of food for your blood type. It turned out to be far too complicated. If I can't read about it in 10 pages or less, then it's not the diet for me. Next stop was the liver cleansing diet which basically meant I would have to give up alcohol. <laughs> so suffice it to say, that diet never made its way out of the bookshop. Then there was the no-carbohydrate diet, the all-carbohydrate diet, and the all-protein diet, all of which managed to make me about six kilos heavier. The all-fruit, all-prune, all-chicken, and all-apple diets were great for the first two days, but how long can you eat only chicken before growing an extra set of hormone-enhanced breasts? And let's not forget the all-egg diet. On that one, I didn't actually lose any weight, but I certainly lost a lot of friends. There's really only a certain number of eggs one person can consume before becoming a national hazard to pollution levels. I also read an article about these two women in the 80s in America, <laughs> where else, who modelled themselves after Barbie. They called themselves the Barbie Twins. When asked to reveal the secret of their successful dieting, they said that before sitting down to a meal, they always smothered three quarters of their dinner in dishwashing liquid, ensuring they would only eat a small portion of what was served. <laughs> I guess it saved them licking the plate clean. When Oprah lost all that weight by walking, I went straight out and hired the very last treadmill available in Sydney. Oprah has a way of making things sell. I lost $800 and most of my lounge room. It was the most expensive clothes horse I've ever owned. Six months later, it was returned to the shop, covered in cobwebs. 
I reasoned that Oprah was rich, she could afford a cook and a trainer and God knows what else it took for her to lose the weight. That old, oh, it's easy for her line works every time. After that, my motto became, no pain, no pain. Sure, hard work has a future payoff, but laziness pays off now. Then there were the natural therapies. I went to see a naturopath and past life counsellor. He asked me all sorts of questions and got the answers from my higher brain. What? By getting me to hold my arm out while he tried to push it back down and I tried to resist. If I said yes, but meant no, then the arm would go down by my side. Of course, it had nothing to do with the fact that he was stronger than me. <laughs> if only men used that test to see whether or not I really wanted to sleep with them, chances are I'd still be a virgin. Anyway, he said the reason I was overweight was because in one of my past lives, I had been Jewish and held in a concentration camp, and that I was eating in this life to compensate for that one. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was kidding. At least that explained why I didn't like pork, was afraid of the gas man, and would never drive a German car. Any wonder I'm the only person I know who liked Yentl? He put some hippie herb drops in water, said by the time I finished those, I'd be ready to be thin, and asked for $80 for the 10-minute consultation. <laughs> As I explained to the police officer later that day, the reason I'd bit him on the shin was because, well, I'd been a dog in another past life, and he'd been my neglectful owner, <laughs> so I was just responding to my higher brain's memory. All charges were dropped, and I continued to pile on the pounds. Whee! There was also the psychic who told me I was not fat. It was simply my aura that was overweight and my body was just filling the space. She told me that if I could get my aura to lose a few kilos, then the body would follow. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. If I could blame my aura, then I could also blame my inner child and my mental giant. I could go to Jenny Craig and say, Hi, uh, my inner child's a few kilos overweight. Can you help her lose them? Then I'd get the specially priced children's program rather than paying the full fee. While I was there, my mental giant could go a few rounds on the treadmill. Hey, and let's not forget my spiritual guide. He was toting around a few extra kilos as well, and it was really weighing me down. At least with so many people to look after, I never felt guilty ordering up bigot maccas. Three Big Macs, two fillet of fish and a jumbo fries was the standard order. My friend Philippa referred me to another psychic counsellor, yeah, he'd think I'd learn, who told me to sit opposite her and tell her about the abuse I was subjected to as a child. She sat with her eyes closed and breathed deeply. Then she said that she was breathing in my fat and that in a few days the weight would just start falling off me and that I would never have a problem again. That session cost $120 and by the end of next week I'd gained another three kilos. My grandmother felt sorry for me with my obviously ballooning weight, so she took me under her wing and introduced me to body wrapping. They wrap you in wet bandages that smell like rotten cabbages, then get a jumbo-sized box of Glad Wrap and cover your body in that. Then they put a raincoat on you and you sit wrapped up like a mummy, thinking there has to be a better way to lose weight. They measure you before and after, and you do lose centimetres and perhaps half a kilo, but as soon as you even drink water, the weight goes back to what it was. I guess when people get sick of the mummy wrap, they'll go one step further and offer you the formaldehyde milkshake diet. One sip and you'll stay young forever. I've tried vegetarianism. 
My problem was that I love dead flesh and hate vegetables. Laxativism, smoking, chewing gum and sexual substitution. That's where if you get hungry, you have sex instead. Don't try it. Your lover just ends up having a headache 20 times a day. I've tried everything except what I'm about to do. Get well on the inside, my psychiatrist. Get advice for the outside, a nutritionist. And get help for the backside, my personal trainer. And if all of that fails, then I guess I will just have to go back to hiring Moscow Circus to make my dresses. I won't go to the beach for fear of Greenpeace pushing me back out to sea, and I'll keep promising myself that next year I am definitely going to lose weight. You are now entering the alfalfa zone. Please leave your thighs at the door. The first time I met with my psychiatrist, who I immediately dubbed Dr Nutcase, she didn't tell me my body was a temple or anything like that. She asked me to tell her about myself. Apparently I can't just say, I have an eating disorder, while they wave a dead chicken, preferably deep fried, in the air doing incantations so that when I walk out of the place, I will no longer crave roast chicken and potatoes all smothered in luscious, fat-filled gravy and instead crave beautiful wholemeal pita bread sandwiches stuffed with watercress, alfalfa sprouts and bamboo shoots. No, apparently it's not as easy as that. According to her, I have to delve into myself a little. Hmm, I have a terrible feeling I'm not going to do too well here. AJ Rochester's History, as requested by Dr Nutcase. Now, I don't want you to laugh. And I know you will think I am joking, but I swear on my birth mother's grave that this is the truth. Since writing that last paragraph, I've been to the shops and eaten a hamburger, chips with extra chicken salt, a couple of chocolate bars and half a packet of red skins. And you know what? It would be funny if it weren't so bloody tragic. Have you any idea what it feels like?